Hello, and welcome to Small Black Birds. I'm AJ, and in this episode, you will hear about a woman whose grace under fire made her an international star, but whose light has since faded after crashing on the world stage. It was only a few years ago that Myanmar's Aung San Suu Kyi was celebrated by human rights defenders and American presidents as a champion for freedom and democracy. After being under house arrest for nearly 15 years for leading the opposition to the country's military dictatorship, Suu Kyi emerged in 2010 a near-mythical figure and with the overwhelming support of the people. Admired for her perseverance and integrity, she was swept into power with the promise to restore stability to this once prosperous nation. But after failing to produce economic and social reforms or rein in the military's aggression, former supporters accused Suu Kyi of being just another politician desperate to maintain her grasp on power. And now that the military has overthrown the government and its beleaguered leader finds herself under house arrest once again, Many fear the country will slide back into isolation. I always think that uh, in politics, especially democratic politics, one should not focus too much on one person. But then, on the other hand, it always happens in such movements because it's easier to focus on one person than on a, on a whole movement. Starting at 8 o'clock, the noise from thousands of people banging pots and pans reverberated throughout Myanmar's largest city of Yangon. Believing loud noises scare off evil spirits from your home, people gathered every night on their balconies and on the street to make themselves heard and drive away the latest threat to their homeland. In early February, Myanmar's military took control of the country after overthrowing the democratically elected government led by Aung San Suu Kyi. Long celebrated as a pro-democracy icon, Suu Kyi won the Nobel Peace Prize while under house arrest in 1991, and was feted by Presidents Bill Clinton and Barack Obama as the leader who could end the military dictatorship that had ruled the country for the past 50 years. Before becoming Myanmar's leader in 2015, Suu Kyi often spoke about harnessing the power of the federal government to make peace with the country's military leadership and create safe spaces for the country's different communities. I'm not saying that federalism will settle all our problems, but I don't think we can start settling them without federalism, because that's very important in order to reassure our, our different ethnic nationalities that they all have a place in this country, that they all have a stake in the future of this country. Suu Kyi remains wildly popular inside Myanmar, also known as Burma, a country of 50 million people in Southeast Asia that shares borders with Bangladesh, India, China, and Thailand. But since coming to power, Suu Kyi has been unable to curb the country's independent military and faces an international backlash for ignoring the violent crackdown on the country's most persecuted community. I don't really believe in fate. I've uh, said this quite often. I think you choose to do what you do, and uh, you, you reap the fruits of your deeds. 
In December 2019, Suu Kyi appeared before the International Court of Justice and shocked the world when she defended violent attacks against the Rohingya, a Muslim community that lives mostly in Myanmar's countryside. Just two years earlier, Myanmar's military conducted a ruthless campaign against the Rohingya, killing nearly 10,000 people, including 700 children under the age of five, and destroying nearly 300 of their villages. Unable to defend themselves and fearing for their lives, more than 700,000 Rohingya fled into neighboring Bangladesh. Later, after the violence had subsided, many of those who had fled were barred by the government from returning to their homes in Myanmar. It's uh, humanitarian issues which have arisen out of long-term socio-economic problems and political, of course, in, in the Rakhine state, go back to, well, to the 19th century. And periodically, trouble has broken out there between the Muslim community and the Rakhine community. And we have inherited this very complex problem and we have to deal with it and we have to resolve it. So obviously, it's not something that we can do overnight and it's not something that uh, we can uh, find simple answers to because building up trust and harmony between two communities that have in many parts of that region been hostile to one another uh, is not done easily. Suu Kyi told the International Court that the military had carried out a counter-terrorism operation to stop Rohingya insurgents after several police stations in the region had been attacked. Myanmar's government claimed that no more than 400 people were killed during its operation. But human rights leaders from around the world condemned Suu Kyi for failing to stop the violence, which some described as a crime against humanity. The Nobel Committee considered stripping her of its prize, and a number of institutions, including the European Union and Amnesty International, withdrew honors it had previously given her. I would like you to find courage as doing what you think is right, in spite of the fact that you might be frightened from time to time. It was a stunning fall from grace for a woman who the world once knew as the Lady, a saintly figure uniquely adored at home and abroad. The daughter of the country's independence hero, Suu Kyi was forced to live in exile for many years after the military assassinated her father and seized control of the government when she was just two years old. As she got older and more involved in politics, she would eventually return to Myanmar and became the people's choice to lead the movement against the country's iron-fisted military. But that too now is in jeopardy. The military takeover happened just weeks after Suu Kyi's party scored a landslide victory in the most recent national election. After its party only received about 7% of the vote, the army rejected the results, claiming widespread election fraud, but provided no evidence of its claims. Now a state of emergency has been declared, and Suu Kyi and other top government officials are being held under house arrest. Global leaders are calling for her immediate release and for the restoration of the elected government. But with no clear path forward for the 73-year-old Suu Kyi, and reports that the military is using violence to impose its rule, the people of Myanmar are heading for an uncertain future. The people should not depend on me or any particular individual or organization to bring about the changes that they want. They must do it for themselves. They must take part in the political process.
Coming just weeks after the violent attack on the U.S. Capitol in Washington, D.C., the military takeover in Myanmar is another reminder that democracy is not guaranteed. But a countrywide movement to restore civilian rule began taking shape the day after the military seized power. It started with nurses and doctors organizing a civil disobedience campaign against the new regime. It was quickly joined by teachers, government employees, and an estimated crowd of 100,000 people who took to the streets in one of the largest public protests in the country's history. It was a hopeful sign that the people are not unifying around any one individual, but a shared belief that democracy is worth fighting for. Did I get this story right? Let me know at smallblackbirdspodcast at gmail.com. Want to protect your right to protest? Go to www.rightsanddissent.org. Stay safe and talk with you soon. Picture bright blue ball just spinning, spinning free. Dizzy with eternity. Painted with a skin of sky, brushing some clouds to see. Bullet home for you and me. Place, or so it looks from space Closer look reveals the human race Full of hope, full of grace is the human face But afraid, we may lay our own place There's a few down here we can't forget Sidewalks as rolls the streets Digging turf, dividing